Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Speaking of the Bible, get your Bible out. Let's turn to 2 Samuel 3.39. Here's our starting point. A few weeks ago before our anniversary service, God dropped the message in my heart. And I taught before, I was ready to bring it back around. I felt his leading. And it's here where uh, David is is, uh, becoming king and soon to become king of both kingdoms. The kingdom of Israel split in two. It was Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern. And he became the king of Judah. And then at some point in time, they would come together and he would fulfill or step into his destiny what he was anointed for is to be king of the whole kingdom. Um, it was 15 to 18 years after he was anointed by the prophet Samuel. The prophet Samuel heard the Lord say, go down to Bethlehem, find Jesse. He's got a bunch of sons. And one of those I will show you is to be the next king. I'm going to anoint him to be king. And so here we see in 2 Samuel uh, 3, where David is at this moment where it looks like the whole kingdom is going to come under his reign and it doesn't. So he's in this place of disappointment. But he reminds himself of what happened years ago, and here's what it says. And I am weak today, David said, because it didn't happen the way I thought it would. I'm not yet stepping into that destiny. I'm disappointed, discouraged, overwhelmed, though I am anointed king. In other words, David remembered the moment that God sent the prophet Samuel to him and poured out the anointing oil on his life. And it was 15 to 18 years later, but from that time, the scripture says he was anointed. Even though he wasn't walking in the fullness of his calling and his destiny, he was still anointed. And I want to say to you today, whatever you're going through today, if Jesus is your Savior and Lord, you are anointed. You may feel weak, sick, broke, but you are still anointed. And you need to remember that anointing. The anointing comes upon us when we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. We surrender our life to Christ. The Bible said old things become passed away. We get a new nature. We say Jesus comes to live in our heart, and he does, but he does in the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent by God to live in your heart, and that's where the anointing comes from, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So at our moment of salvation, if you will, we become anointed. We have an anointing in our life. But here's what we know. Not everybody walks in it. I don't always walk in it. But we need to understand the anointing so we can be anointed to do what God has called us to do because the anointing makes a difference. Some people just stop on that uh, salvation experience and they're just getting their ticket to heaven punched and, and that's great. But listen, God has so much more for you to live out a victorious life while you're still on the earth. You need the anointing to live a life of victory and to win as many people, reach as many people as you can and take them to heaven with you. And so we need to make sure we understand that we, number one, we are anointed if Jesus is Savior and Lord. Number two, that we can walk in that anointing. Let's take a look at uh, 1 Samuel 16, 13, that moment that that happened to David as a shepherd boy. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day forward, that day forward, when the anointing came upon him, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day forward. Type and shadow the picture for you and I would be that moment we surrender to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. From that day forward, there's an anointing on your life. You may not always walk in it and you may not always feel anointed, but you are. And so we need to activate the anointing in our life. One thing I want to point out in that scripture I haven't before, it says in the midst of his brothers, that strikes me as very interesting because there's seven young men standing there, but only one receives the anointing of God. And I would say this to you today, and especially to our teachers and those that work for public and private school districts, if you're the only teacher anointed, be the only one. If you're the only bus driver anointed, be the only bus driver. 
If you're only, the only lunch person, be the lunch person, the, the recess monitor. I don't even know. Be that person. If you're the only principal in the district that's anointed, be that one. Not everybody's going to get the anointing because not everybody's going to step into that place of surrender to Jesus and receive that on their life, but be the one who does. Same family, raised the same way. Everybody else looked more kingly than David, yet David's heart is what positioned for the anointing. Get your heart in the right place to receive all that God has for you. Positioning for the anointing, alignment, we said last week for the assignment. Uh, I didn't put this in your notes. First John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing that comes from the Holy One. The anointing is from God, God alone. You can't create it, manufacture it. You can't dream it up, want it to come up. You can't work hard enough, smart enough. You can't ask for it enough, pray for it enough. It's a surrender to Jesus that comes from God alone. There is no other way to walk in the anointing. And the anointing is the divine favor and empowerment of God to do what he's called you to do. And let me say this before I move on. It's a divine empowerment and favor of God. It's what separates you from those that are not anointed. And so it separates you from those that are anointed, but not walking in it, if you'll walk in it. Come on, somebody. Right? And it's from God, and he gives that, and you operate and walk in it. The anointing is what makes the difference, and you need to be anointed or walk in your anointing. You are anointed of the Holy One. Uh, Let's take a look in Exodus 30. There's a passage of Scripture right here that helps us understand, well, what happens when someone lays hands on me and anoints me with oil? What happens? I mean, I get a little oily. I get that. But what else happens in that moment? And there's great spiritual significance, which is why we do it or doing it and why we need to do it as the Lord leads. It says this, and this is Moses, uh, an account here with Moses, Exodus 30, 22 through 25, and then 30 through 33. So let's start there. Let me read this for you. Moreover, the Lord spake to Moses, saying, also take for yourself quality spices. Your translation might say principal spices. 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And a hen is a measurement which is roughly 5.5 quarts. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them. Here we see him being anointed. And that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall speak to the children of Israel saying, in case you're wondering, this is just for those guys back then. In case you're wondering that, this shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. Come on. Come on, throughout your generations, for your kids and your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids, for those that would say that's for the Old Testament people and the priests and kings, I'll address that in a minute. No, it's for everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord. There is an anointing to be on your life that you're to walk in and operate in. It shall not be poured on a man's flesh. We'll talk about that. Nor shall you make any other comparison or make any other like it a substitute according to its composition. It is holy and it shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds it, Whoever compounds any like it, substitute, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider, stranger, translation will say, shall be cut off from his people. A lot, a lot in that passage. We'll have time just for a little bit to set us up for what we want to do later. But first, let me address the anointing is for us. And then for our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' kids, however long that we're here on the planet, the Bible says it's for all generations to come. Now, in case you're just wondering, well, yeah, but that's for kings and priests because that's the, the, the examples that we're studying right now. But my Bible says in Revelation 1, 6, Jesus said that when you became uh, a son and daughter of 
Jesus, or God, through Jesus, rather, that he made you kings and priests. And so anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord according to the word of God, to God he sees as a king or priest through the work of Jesus. So it's covered no matter what. If Jesus is Savior and Lord, then yeah, the anointing, that laying on of hands and receiving an anointing, a fresh anointing is, is biblical. It's our biblical model. And I don't care about modern ideas and understanding today. I want to follow the word of God because we believe and trust the word of God. And those that know Jesus are kings and priests. And so the anointing, laying on of hands and the anointing oil is for you and I for generation to generation. I just want to make sure that you understand that because I don't know what people's thoughts are about, you know, the relevancy of today. Can I tell you, everything in the Bible is relevant today. <laughs> God wrote it the right way. We want to be biblically correct, not politically correct. We want to follow the word of God because the word works. The anointing makes a difference. There's a difference between preaching and anointed preaching, which you only know anointed preaching here. But anyways, there's a difference. Trust me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Need to be anointed for humility. No, I'm just kidding. There's a difference between anointed singing and singing. And my goodness, we had anointed singing today. Come on, somebody. There's a difference between prayer and anointed prayer. And we know the most anointed prayer happens Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. during 21 days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a difference there. There's a difference between having a service or a meeting and having an anointed service and meeting. Amen? Listen, we don't have, nobody got time for just another service or meeting. We come to have the anointing of God touch our heart and our lives. It changes everything. We live in a world that we need the anointing operating in our life. The anointing makes a difference. Now, we think it's just for ministry. Well, that's for the pastors, prophets, apostles, teachers, and evangelists, the fivefold gifts of the ministry. No, it's not. It's for every believer that calls upon the name of the Lord. The anointing's for every business person in the room. The anointing makes a difference in the marketplace. It separates you from the other business people. It separates you from your coworkers. It's what gives you favor, divine favor and divine empowerment. That's why you'll be the one under the anointing of God to get the promotion when those that maybe even have better skill sets won't. That's why your sales numbers will be higher than the other sales numbers because the anointing and favor of God on your life. Amen? And it's for the anointing will make the, the, the gifts in you come to another level. The, the anointing will make the call of God and the gifts of God on your life come to another level. If you're a teacher, the anointing separates you from all the other teachers. If you're a bus driver, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a truck driver, if you're a laborer, homemaker, you're a restauranteur, whatever that is, the anointing makes a difference in life. It's the difference maker. First John 2.20 says this in the Amplified, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You've been set apart, specially gifted, and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds, and guards us from error. It makes a difference. The anointing makes a difference. Divine favor and divine empowerment. To anoint means to smear or rub on. And that's what we'll do today towards the end of our service. We'll do that. What, what difference does that make? In Exodus 3.30, as, as we already read, it says that the Aaron and his sons were anointed. And then we saw already, you saw that in 1 Samuel 16, that David was anointed. It was a preparation for the next thing that God had for him, an empowerment to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for their life. Exodus 23 lists some. I won't go through all of them, and you can study them. It's a great word study for you. Take myrrh, sweet-smelling cinnamon, sweet-smelling cane, cassia, which is similar to cinnamon, a hint of olive oil, five and a half quarts, and make this as a perfumer would. In other words, there's a fragrance to the anointing oil. And I don't want to say that. We'll get to that in a second. There's, there's something different about it. In the, in the Bible days, that they would anoint a, um, 
They would anoint a priest. They would anoint a king with the oil. And it wasn't just a drop. It wasn't just a dab. It wasn't a little dab will do you. It wasn't a sprinkle. When they get the little dropper, okay, next, okay, next. It was they would take five and a half quarts of this anointing oil and they would saturate them. They would cover them with oil. It wasn't just a little touch on your forehead. It wasn't just a little cross. It's not about religion. It's not about anything ritual. It's about the power of God when the anointing is released through the laying on of hands, through the anointing oil. There is no anointing in the oil. You understand that? Because if there was, after service, I'd be selling bottles of it for $1,000. Get your own anointing oil. And it's a free gift. A, a vial of holy pond water would be yours from the back as well. <laughs> so we don't make it about the oil. We make it about it's the representation of the power and presence of God being poured out on your life through the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you this morning to understand that this is a very biblical, powerful, necessary thing for every believer it wasn't just this little moment that they had. In fact, back in that day, and we were not doing it today, but they poured it on the top of your head and it ran all the way down to your feet. Psalms 133.2 says, And it's like precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, the high priest, that went down to the skirts of his garments and went all the way from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He was saturated, drenched, immersed in the anointing. And that's what the church needs today, amen? We don't need a little drop. There ain't no little dabble, do you? We need to pour it out over us, saturate us, immerse us, cover us completely in the anointing and the presence and power and favor of God. Listen, we're facing bigger things than we've ever faced before. We don't need a little drop. We want it all. Pour it out, God. You know, the book of Joel says in the last days, and I believe we're in the last days. I don't know at one point. I don't know. You could come back today. You could come back tomorrow, a week, a year, 10 years. I don't know, but I do believe from the signs of the time that we're in the last day. The book of Joel says in the last days, I will pour. Say pour. Pour out my spirit. Pour out my spirit. Pour it out. We need to be immersed, saturated, soaked in the anointing, the Spirit of God. In Exodus, it said there's quality spices, principal spices. I believe that represents something to you and I. There's something about the anointing that will bring out the quality of the things of God in your life. It'll bring out the best of God in your life, the gifts and abilities that he placed in you because the Bible says he's gifted you as the Spirit wills. The things that he's put inside of you, the anointing brings out the best of those in you. That's what gives you favor among others. That maybe they're more educated, maybe they're more experienced, but if you got the anointing, that anointing brings out the best of those things in your heart and your life, and it's the difference maker. It brings out the best of whatever he put in you. The anointing brings the best of it out of you. The anointing brings out the best. The anointing brings out the best worship out of you. It brings the best praise out of you. It brings the best ability and gifting out of you. Whatever you're gifted to do, the anointing brings out the best. It brings out the best teacher in you. It brings out the best bus driver, the best principal, the best salesperson, the best favor on your life. It's what separates you from those who are not anointed or those who are but aren't walking in it. It brings out the best quality or principle out of you. And God deserves our best because he gives us his best. Amen? Psalms 92.10 says this, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Amen. Can I tell you that today we're believing for fresh oil? Come on, God, pour out fresh oil in Jesus' name. Anoint us, empower us, Father God, with fresh oil in Jesus' name. And here's why that's important is because some of us, after our salvation experience, we haven't done anything with the Holy Spirit. The anointing oil, if you will, in our life has become stagnant. Nothing moving. We're not pouring out, so he's pouring in. We're not pouring out, we're pouring in. And another way to say it, it's become stale. 
And the honest reality is for some of our lives, our anointing has grown stale because we've gotten involved in some other things. We've missed the plan and purpose of God for our life. And so the oil, the anointing, the anointing in our life has grown stagnant. And can I tell you today, church, it's time for some fresh anointing. It's for a fresh outpouring of God, amen, to stir up the gift of God inside of us. I believe Friday night there was a fresh oil being poured out in Jesus' name. I believe today and the next coming weeks as we're praying for people, laying hands, anointing with oil, there's a fresh oil God wants to give you because we're stepping into a fresh season. You need a fresh anointing on your life. Some of us are trying to live out of that first moment when years have gone by. Oh, we'll remember a night of worship, not Friday night. We'll remember last year's night of worship. And we haven't stepped out in the things of God and connected in a way that that anointing has been operating in our life. And we've allowed that to go stale in our life. God's not going to stir it for you. You've got to stir it. But he'll respond by pouring fresh anointing on your life. Pour out a fresh anointing, Lord. Pour out fresh oil on us, all of us. It's easy to just come and do church. It's easy to just... Just have another Sunday, have another service, sing another song, hear another message, it's easy. But don't let the anointing get stale and stagnant in your life. Come put a demand on the anointing. We'll talk next week about that. Come with an expectation. Come with a desire to put a demand on the anointing so fresh oil will flow. We position our heart to put a demand on the anointing so we have fresh oil. The Bible says, be ye being filled. It says being filled means you need to be filled again, again, again. Not that you need a salvation experience, but you need to connect and have that fresh oil pour in your life again because here's what happened. We pour it out, we need to be filled up. We pour it out, we need to be filled up. And this world that we live in sucks the life out of you. <laughs> We're leaking oil all the time, right? <laughs> We're leaking oil, we need to be filled up. I need another quart. <laughs> we need to be filled up again. Be ye being filled. Every time we come on Sunday, fill me up, Lord. And you know why really how that needs to work is because all week long you poured it out. You poured it out in the people around about you. You poured it out in the people God put you in their life for for the anointing on your life to be a blessing because the anointing is there to do and fulfill what God has for our life. We said this last week, the anointing is not for your entertainment, it's for your empowerment. It's for you to do and fulfill what he has for you to do and fulfill. So we need to understand that. So we need to be ye being filled. When the woman, as Pastor Cody mentioned earlier, was at the feet of Jesus, she broke open the jar, the alabaster jar perfume to anoint his feet, and it says the, the aroma filled the room. Could you imagine expensive perfume and then a closed room, and all of a sudden, there's this smell. What's that smell? It's not a bad smell. It's a good smell. The room might have already smelled good. Maybe they're making food, and it was already smelling good, but something different happened when that aroma filled the, filled the room. It got everybody's attention. In other words, everything changed. It shifted. What happens when, when the anointing comes in my life? Everything shifts. It's like this sweet aroma comes, and I already read the the ingredients, that sweet-smelling cinnamon, sweet-smelling came. There's a reason, because it changes the atmosphere. It changes the environment. There's something about the, when the anointing's present, it fills the room. It fills the classroom. Come on, teachers. It fills the classroom. It fills the workroom. It fills the boardroom. It fills the showroom. It fills the living room. It fills the bedroom. It fills the office. It fills the coffee shop. It fills the car. Come on, something happens. Everything changes. The atmosphere, the environment shifts. It gets our attention off of the things around about us and puts it where it belongs, back on God. When we release that anointing, what happens? Is there's a shift. Now, I don't mean a physical smell necessarily, but a spiritual aroma. You know, when someone gets up and sings under the anointing, the atmosphere changes. The room changes. When someone gets up and preaches under the anointing, the room changes. And people amen the pastor like, you're not right now, but it's okay. The anointing is falling on this place as we speak. <laughs> when someone prays under the anointing, the atmosphere changes. 
You can feel it. You know what I'm talking about? You can sense it. Everything changes when the anointing's released. Psalm 72, 6 says this. I love this scripture in light of what we've been praying for. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass. Don't you love it after the grass is mowed, that smell? There's just a smell there. And rain, don't you like it after it rains? There's just a freshness that you can smell. I can smell the rain. I can smell the rain coming. I smell, there's just something like this cleansing, this everything has changed. I smell just this freshness, this rain. It smells like the mowed grass and showers that water the earth. Love that. Everything changes, changes. That's what the anointing is like. It's a sweet aroma. Now, you can picture, as I've already described, the high priest after he was anointed with 5.5 quarts of oil, soaked from head to toe, with the oil made of things like sweet-smelling cinnamon and sweet-smelling cane and the other things. You don't have to even see him coming. You know he's coming. You could be in your tent working all of a sudden. What's that smell? There's just something different. Oh, the high priest must have just walked by. And if you're smart, you'd run out and get in front of him. He's got the anointing. What was that? That was the anointing on the high priest right now. Well, let's go go let him pray for us. Let's go find him. He's just saturated from head to toe. He's drenched in it. And you can imagine that everywhere he goes, everyone around him knows he's just been with the Lord, that the anointing has been poured out in his life. And they sense and it changes everything, their perspective about it, their hunger for the things of God. Everything changes. And all of a sudden, I don't, they, maybe they didn't see him, but they smelled that aroma, the sweet presence of God. But then all of a sudden, they come around their tent and they see his oil-filled footprints. What is that? I don't know, but follow them. We want to get there because the priest was anointed with oil. We need the anointing in our life. And can I say this this morning? I want to say this in particular to teachers and those in that environment. I want to say this when you walk into that classroom tomorrow morning and the anointing of God has come today as we anointed you with oil from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. When you walk into that room, everything changes. The atmosphere changes. Something's different about your classroom. Something's different about your hallway. And so, and we literally, spiritually rather, could see there'd be footprints going from your car to your classroom. And people say, what is that? That's the residue of the anointing. I'm leaving the anointing everywhere I walk. It's my footprints. When you go into that cafeteria, there'll be footprints from your classroom to the cafeteria. When you go out to recess, there's footprints. Everywhere you go, there'll be residue. Every room you go into will be filled with that aroma. Something, you won't know what it is. You'll know what it is. Something's changed. When you came in the room, something just changed. Uh, my family, uh, next Sunday, in fact, after uh, service, we have my wife so diligently and faithfully, and my uh, family helped. They prepared 1,500 bottles of oil. They were filling oil, I don't know how long, all kinds of time. I was just praying. And uh, so they were filling <laughs> so, Hey, somebody had to pray over the oil, right? Okay. And uh, so my daughters were helping. My wife did. I think all of them, they were helping put lids on and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of my daughters, I won't say who, was there uh, helping, and she knocked over the container of oil onto the, onto the island. And we're like picking up stuff. Her, quick, get it out of there and trying to clean. Have you ever tried to clean up spilled oil? That's not easy. It gets over everything. And we're cleaning it up and we're wiping down the island. That island had never been so shiny. <laughs> right? You can take a glass of water, put it on, slide right off the other end. It's like, whoa, hey, wait, look at that. Right? You can get it on you. It got on your hands. It got on your clothes. It's all over your shirts. Like, I'm going to get this out. Come on, that anointing gets on everything you touch. You leave a residue everywhere you go. For all you teachers in the classrooms and bus drivers and everybody working, everywhere you go, everything you touch, you touch every desk, you touch every chair, you touch the doorpost in your classroom, you touch every child as it walks in the door. Hey, I'm glad to have you here today. Good to see you today. You high-five every kid. You know what happens? That anointing on your life is transferred onto that in Jesus' name. Everywhere. Hey, bus drivers, you need a new aroma in that bus. <laughs> 
here's what I believe. Those kids go home, get off your bus, go home. I don't know what home life is like. I imagine it's pretty chaotic for a lot of people. Those kids, who knows what kind of home. That moment in your classroom, that moment on your bus, when the anointing of God and the presence of God is there, it may be the only peace they have maybe. It may be the only calmness in their life. It may be the only sense of feeling special. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know the anointing makes a difference. And when they come home and their parents ask, hey, hey, Timmy, Timmy how was school today? How was Miss Johnson's class? Oh, it was great. It was fun and happy. There was just peaceful. It was just, you know what he's saying? Uh, Miss Johnson's anointed. They won't know to say it that way. They won't understand it. But can I tell you this? If there's anybody that's sensitive to the things of God, it's the innocence of children. Because we have adults that become jaded and cynical because of the world and things like that and all that kind of stuff. But an innocent child comes into a classroom that's been anointed and they go home. How was that bus ride? Did the kids bully you today? How, how was that, that bus ride? Are you okay? No, it was good. I just I had a great day. You know what they're saying is that bus is anointed. They may not know how to put it in those terms. But the anointing makes the difference. That's why we got to take time here in just a few minutes to anoint all those that work in those environments and situations because we need, because here's the reality, the enemy is trying to steal a generation. And we're not going to let him. We're going to combat the enemy with the anointing, a power beyond ourselves, a divine favor and empowerment of God. And eventually not just those kids, but it'll rub off on their parents and their home life. Amen? And that's why it's so important to do what we do. And let me say, next week, that's why you need to bring your kids. K through 12. University age. We're going to take however much time. Have them sitting with you. We're going to go over some things, and we're going to anoint them all with oil because they need the anointing of God. They need it in their life. We need them to have that in their life. And let me just say this in light of the times that we're living in today. The anointing not only brings the presence and power of God, it brings the protection of God. Whoever stands in front of that school needs to be anointed. Come on. In those classrooms, they need to be anointed. We need the protection of God as well in our schools. Amen? We need the anointing of God. You might just be the one, and your anointing might be the one that protects that school because of the anointing on your life. We need to understand that, the anointing. It's so important. It brings clarity and wisdom. That's why especially we need to lay hands on our kids. They need wisdom to learn and grow. Amen? Clarity from confusion. Next week, we're going to be doing that, as I said, so make sure that you come. And at the end of service, we're going to give out the jars, and we're going to encourage you to do it at your home. Do it in your office. Do it at work. Do whatever that looks like for you, but you can do that as well. It's not just me. You can do that as well. This is important for us to do that. So our kids will, teachers, they'll be anointed, so they'll change the atmosphere around them. They'll have divine favor. That's why your kids will be favored over other kids that don't have the anointing in their life. That's why divine favor comes to the anointing. That's why they'll be the light in the midst of darkness, and they need to be the light. That's why no harm shall befall them, and no plague shall come nigh their dwelling because of the anointing of God upon them. They'll be blessed in their coming and blessed in their going because of the anointing that goes before them and protects them and surrounds them. Don't miss next week. Bring your kids, bring your grandkids. Bring the neighbor's kids with their permission. Where are they? I don't know. They were out playing a minute ago and then the neighbors just drove off. I'm not sure. 
If there ever was a time to release the anointing on our lives, our schools, our kids, it's today. It's today. And let me say this, men. And I, and I, I almost didn't say this because I, I want you to come out Saturday the 27th is men breakfast. Oh, all the men, all the men, you need to be there. Because I'm going to teach on the anointing and then I'm going to anoint every man there. And if you don't let me, I get it. I get it. If you don't let me, security's going to hold you down while I pour on your head. I'm just kidding. And listen, I know, I know what you're thinking. It's a men's breakfast, so we're not going to get the little fancy smelling oils. We're going to do mortar oil. So, man, it'll be all right. That's, you'll be good for three to 5,000 miles after that. It'll be good. <laughs> Ladies, get your man there. You need an anointed man in your house. You need an anointed leader in your life. We need anointed dads and granddads. We need anointed husbands and brothers. Come on, somebody. We need the anointing on our life. We need the anointing on our life. So we're going to do that next week. So make sure. Because it's the anointing that, the anointing that makes the difference. It's not the oil. The oil's from H-E-B. <laughs> They're our sponsor today. No, I'm just kidding. It's what it represents. It's what it represents. It makes a difference. I may be weak, but I am anointed. The anointing on my life. A couple things, and then we're going to pray. Exodus 30 says this also. It shall be poured out not on a man's flesh. Let me say this for a second. The anointing is not for the flesh. From the standpoint, it's not to do what you want to do. It's to do what God has for you to do. If you're trying to do it for your own plan and purpose, you're just going to get oily. But if you want to do it for God's plan and purpose, you're going to get anointing. You're going to get favor, power, and presence of God in your life. You can't manipulate God. You cannot manipulate the anointing. It's for the purpose of God in your life. It's for the purpose of God in your life. John 6, 63 says this. Take a look. John 6, 63 says this. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Quickeneth means come to life. It's the spirit that comes to life, brings life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words so I speak unto you, they are spirit, therefore they are life. It brings your spirit man to life. What happens when I'm anointed with oil? My spirit man is quickened, comes alive. That's what happens. My spirit is quickened. God will anoint you, give you ability that will be enough. With the anointing of God, it's enough, more than enough. I want to share this story really quick. David had already been anointed king, but yet it was 15 to 18 years before he walked into that. But one day he goes out to see his brother Eliab, who wasn't very nice to him because probably Eliab was there and got passed over for the anointing that went to David because David's heart was right. So David says, who's this uncircumcised Philistine defying the armies of God? And Goliath came out and challenged him every day. So David says, well, I'll fight him. So they take David into the king and they're trying to put Saul's armor on him. The best armor you can imagine. The king had the best armor ever. And so they're trying to put it on David and it doesn't fit. So David just kind of discards it and says, you know what? I'm going to go out there with my slingshot and my rock. You know what he was saying? I'm going to go out there and the anointing God put in my life for the abilities that he's given me. You don't have to look at somebody else and wish you had their anointing. And if I only had that education, if I only had that experience, if I only had that income, I could do so much more for God. No, no, it's the anointing that makes the difference. You have gifts and ability God has given you, and that anointing makes a difference in your life. You don't need to wear Saul's armor. He's anointed you with your slingshot and your rock to do what he's called you to do. You just need the anointing on your life. I encourage you.
Exodus says this, don't put it on a stranger. What that means is you need to be close to God. You need to be working on a relationship every day. Some of us don't really know anymore. We had a couple experiences, a couple feeling, but then we've drifted, we've wandered, we've gotten away, we've gotten involved in things in the world maybe, and the things of God have grown distant. God has grown distant. You can't operate if you're distant. You got to get close to him, anointing to be active in your life. Don't expect the anointing if you're distant from God. The closer you get to him, the more anointing you'll walk in. Ecclesiastes 9, 9, 8 says this, always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. What that means is don't do things that hinder the anointing. Being clothed in white means, means purity. No one's perfect, but be as close to God as you can. Be as far away from the world as you can. And the closer to God to get, the more anointing will be flowing on your head. So you got to be close to him. Exodus says this, and I, I got I to wrap this up. Don't make anything else like it. In other words, there's no substitute to the anointing. Don't come up with another idea. Don't try and manufacture it yourself. Don't cry and come. We are living in a world of substitutes. We're substituting everything for the word of God, the values of God, the morals of God. You can't. I don't care what man says. I don't care what politics says. There's no substitution for the anointing. It is as God says. So we need to get back to God for the anointing to work and operate in our life. There is no substitute that will take the place. You cannot manipulate the anointing or God. There's no substitution, no imitation that can compare. And then I'm gonna close with this last scripture. Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around, he went around doing good and healing all were under the power of the devil because God was with them. You need the anointing to go around. God will open doors for you. God will bring people across your path. He'll put you in places you never would have been before had it not been for the anointing on your life. The favor of God will open doors that you could never have opened without the anointing. He'll bring you across people who will promote you because of the anointing. He'll take you places. You can't go around if you don't have the anointing opening doors for you. You need the anointing on your life to do what God has called you to do. And the last part of that scripture says, because God was with him. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 